is Free Talk Live, and it's the live Christmas Day edition of the program, also the Saturday show. Welcome to it. It's Ian here. And the Reverend Captain Kickass is here. Phones are open, although right now phone calls will be limited to questions for our special guest, who I think was the last guest that we had on the show. We don't do guests on Free Talk Live very often, so I think, uh, Adam Kokesh, you were also the last person we had on as a guest whenever a few months ago. Welcome back, Mm -hmm. Adam. Thank you. Well, I... I'm pretty sure I've earned it this time, and I am truly honored for this opportunity and to be joining you on this most auspicious Christmas day, given the date of my victory being December 21st, the solstice itself. Oh, yeah. And, man, it is an honor to uh, to be talking to both of y'all, but Ian, uh, especially to really appreciate what just happened. And what I just accomplished, because basically government came at me with a felony to charge for distributing, manufacturing uh, psilocybin mushrooms and two associated vehicle charges for driving without license plates Hmm. and without insurance. And I stared them down and, and, and admitted to it and confess to all the facts that would reasonably lead them to those charges and said, but it is not illegal for me to be doing this because of these reasons and what you are doing is wrong and you will stop. And I stared them down and it took me 12 days in solitary confinement, but they said, okay, you win. Oh, they they blinked first. Yeah. yeah, he didn't even get to Dude. an arraignment. I mean, it was uh, it's been an amazing last couple of weeks. And let's let's go back to the beginning of this. You had traveled to Colorado. You live in Arizona. You got a homestead there, yeah. and uh, you had traveled up to Colorado for some sort of a memorial service for uh, Johnny Hurley. Correct. Well, well, that's been exaggerated in the reports. But to back up, I was going for a week-long sort of solo adventure, me and, and just the two girls, Thelma and Louise, my dogs, mm-hmm. and uh, Joey, uh, my girlfriend, yeah, Mary Jane, was supposed to join me but had a, a family obligation that uh, last minute led me to doing this trip by myself. And I went and gave a speech at the Utah Libertarian Party 50th anniversary event, which was quite an honor as well. Oh, okay. The title being How and Why to Be a Pirate. Well, there's there effing. I I know we're on we're on mainstream radio. Thank you. Right? Yeah. How how and why to be a friggin' pirate? Ah, uh, <laughs> was was the title of my speech, and I talked about driving without a license and the ticket I just got and et cetera et cetera and what it means to just live that lifestyle of being uh, on the side of righteousness when the law is wrong. And to live and, and, and act upon that and to be more free and enjoy life more as a result. So then I went, I was visiting uh, friends up in Northport near the Canadian border north of Spokane. Uh, then my, my radiator gave out and I was limping through the cold back to visit my dad for his birthday in Cheyenne. Oh, it was cold. And then uh, the, the Johnny Hurley thing was just taking out some of, my mutual friends there, I, I said, I'm coming through town. I want to pay my respects to the hero of Arvada. And if anybody, I'm sure your listeners know, but quick reminder. Yeah, Johnny I was going to say, let's do a quick uh, recap on who that yeah. is. Johnny Hurley 
is uh, an old friend of mine and or was uh, and, you know, not not to oversell our friendship, but we were, you know, uh, friendly and, and respected colleagues as, as activists. And he was a concealed carry weapons permit holder who practiced concealed carry and intervened in a mass shooting as it was starting with a gentleman who was intent on killing as many cops as possible, just killed one. Johnny intervened and shot him. And then in a case of quote unquote mistaken identity, uh, cops showed up to the scene, shot and killed uh, our friend Johnny Hurley. So right. I was going to pay my respects and to see the site and to walk the you know his last steps. Yeah. And I, I took a rock, uh, you know, and wrote hashtag hero Hurley on it as a, a memorial. And the fact that we live in a country where police are a special privileged class of criminals that are incentivized to shoot first and ask questions later leads to tragedies like this. And the Johnny Hurley story should have been as big as any police violence or misconduct story or any, any, any kind of headline news. It bleeds, it leads headlines, but this really contradicts the mainstream narrative because it exposes the evil that the system puts on the streets in the incentives that cops are given in interacting with civilians and Johnny Hurley paid the ultimate price mm. to do the right thing. And so that was really on my mind as I was then driving home from Arvada to my homestead Gardenia in Northern Arizona mm. and uh, picked up some psilocybin mushroom capsules on the way. And this is where I'll, I'll leave some details out <laughs> for, for the purposes of, I, I, I am, I am happy to, manage my own liability but i must respect others desire sure. to manage their related liabilities to their own degrees so um was driving I, lawfully you know I, I i hate to of all the things i'm going to sound like uh some kind of you know john mcafee and, and john mcafee also uh suicided in jail in a spanish prison uh, recently weighing heavy on my mind going into this sure thinking about him and you know how much i looked up to him almost as a father figure as and and, and my dad's quite the, the the badass on this count as well you know he's the one who's responsible for the supreme court case kokesh uh, versus the sec kokesh nine zero victory but um john mcafee had a certain flair for living his life with an absolute disregard for the validity of unjust law and i i kind of strive to live up to that um but when it comes to traffic safety or even passive resistance um acquiescing to the social standard of the speed limits more or less you know i don't speed i drive very carefully uh i i will drive you know uh, mildly under the influence of cannabis which for me is something i sip throughout the day as kind of a you know mood leveler more than anything uh, but I would describe myself as sober. I, I don't drive drunk. I don't mm -hmm. drive in a way that puts other people at risk. Well, sure. they they pulled um, you over because you didn't have a tag, right? Or something like some exactly. sort of driving thing. Exactly. I was driving. You know, so like I dial in normally three or four over the speed limit or maybe, you know, eight over the speed limit when I'm on super country roads. So you don't think um, they were laying in wait for you? They didn't know that Adam Kokesh, the founder of Homefront Battle Buddies, which is this thing you were telling us about last time, it's your new mission, is to help uh, veterans 
who have you know issues like PTSD, give them a place Correct. to go down in uh, in Arizona, basically a resort uh, where they can take a spiritual journey on something like psychedelic mushrooms and address some of these deep seated issues. They didn't know you yeah. were coming through, figuring they would you know catch you with some psilocybin. This was a total random stop. Let me just say about I I, I love your context there. Thank you yeah. uh, for Homefront Battle Buddies, homefrontbattlebuddies.org, and it is to provide veterans with all manners of alternative therapy experiences that are not available through the VA or that they're not comfortable getting through the VA. As for myself, when I was in Fallujah in 2004, you're not going to hear me talk. I'd rather talk to y'all on the radio than any kind of VA shrink about my experience with torture in Iraqis. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's, it's all of that. And, and while psilocybin mushrooms are something that we can talk about openly now and say, yes, we grow them here and we give them away to veterans here. Um, it's it's a small part of you know giving guys the tools for personal wellness, physical fitness, nutrition, self empowerment, legal consulting, financial consulting, access to education, VA benefits, uh, everything that we can do in that context that we're capable of. As a C three, we don't actually touch uh, anything illegal under even federal law, but we facilitate it with a safe stand by adam kokesh is with us here from adam versus the man he is uh, basically fresh out of jail just got out a few days ago after almost two weeks behind bars and what is essentially a solitary confinement uh situation we we're just scratching the surface of the story we get we got a lot to dig deep into here you're welcome to join us as well i've here got on questions free talk live It is Free Talk Live, live Saturday show, also the Christmas Day edition of the program. And yes, we are here throughout the holidays live, so if you're here on New Year's Eve, we'll be live. New Year's Day, we're here. Uh, every single day, seven days a week. Freedom doesn't take a day off, Ian. <laughs> exactly. With you tonight, it's Ian. The Reverend Captain Kickass. And this is all brought to you by Bitcoin.com. Great place to go and get started learning about cryptocurrency. Currently, Bitcoin price, the BTC price, is just over 50000 a little less than $51,000 per unit. Uh, still lower than its all-time high, around $68,000. But Merry Christmas if you bought the dip. Yeah, might be a well, might still be a dip uh, if you think yeah. about it. So you you never know what the price is going to do in the next five minutes or five days. But generally, in the last several years, the price has trended upward. And if you want to learn the basics about cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash, get on over to Bitcoin.com. Click Get Started at the top of the page, and you'll find lots of uh, good information there. If you're uh, time pressed, you can just watch that first video, get some of the basic concepts down in about three minutes of your time over at Bitcoin.com. Again, click Get Started at the top of the page. We go back to uh, Adam Kokesh. He is here with us on the line from his home in Arizona after being held in roughly a solitary confinement. Was it a -a 23-hour-a-day lockdown, Adam? that they had you on no it was worse actually really? uh because well I, mean, we'll, we'll I think we'll come back to this i'm uh, sure we will I, okay. I i refused to well i don't want to say i even refused i really just declined all of their offers uh to book <laughs> mm. and so they uh carried me when i got in there into their holding tank which is a six by nine cell with just a toilet sink combo unit and a metal bunk. And I was in that room for 12 days straight, except for 
twice I went out to take a shower for about 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Once I met with a public defender for 30 minutes. And once I spoke with the county sheriff for about 15 minutes. Oh, and once I walked out to their little closet of a library, it was a disaster for, uh, for about 15 minutes. So uh, about an hour and a half. Wow. Yeah. An hour and a half out of 12 days straight. Uh, except for that, I was in the six by nine. I want to ask because I don't quite, I, I've seen this done or attempted or people have talked about whether or not activists will do this when they get arrested. And that is the, what you did, the strategy of, you know, sort of not replying, you know, if they come well, like, I, I, Hey, it's time for, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm curious so, about so, that. Yeah. Well, l- let me, this, the strategy, since you bring that up, I can explain very quickly as a complete non-compliance with their game and complete commitment to i'm in your custody you're going to take care of me that's my game and i'm going to tell you what i think about what's going on and you're going to listen to me because otherwise you don't know what to do with me and i am going to prove that i'm way more trouble than it's worth and that you are in the wrong here but (laughs) the first question that that ian raised I think is really the important one sequentially, which is like, was I targeted as an individual right, right. or was it truly a random stop? Yeah. And it, it, it's kind of a combination. I know that sounds impossible, but uh, I, I mean, it was, I, I think it was primarily a random stop where they really were like, oh, no plates. But even then, like, it's a super rural county, Sawatch County, uh, population about 6,300. Tiny, you know, in the town center, one of the bigger towns in the county is population uh, under 2,000. Yeah. So uh, kind of the area that people don't really get pulled over for driving without plates anyway. Was it daytime, nighttime? What was the scene like? It was was just before noon. Mm. And I was just driving on my way home. And and, uh, so was I targeted? I mean, it was kind of like maybe a one in a hundred this and a one in a hundred that and another one in a hundred. But then, so going through the sequence of events here, will explain that. So I got pulled over for not having a plate, Mm -hmm. allegedly. And officer comes up and I roll my window down halfway because I got Thelma and Louise in the backseat. I'm like, you know, I don't want to let my dogs jump out. How are you doing, sir? And, uh, you know, we're going to get discovery on this and, and get all the video because there's some disagreement here and how he later reported in his affidavit for a warrantless arrest where he said I was behaving erratically. But as I recall, he basically said, hey, do you have any plates for this truck? And I said, no. He said, do you have a license? And I said, no. But here's and, and that's a whole other long story. Um, but uh, I said, here's my VA ID. I'm not hiding my identification. You can write down my name. I held it mm-hmm. up to the window. I said, you know, this is my name. This is my and, and here's my date of birth. And you can look me up. And I actually happen to have a valid driver's license in the system. I just don't have the card, so you can go look that up. I have an Arizona driver's license. Before you go on with the story, there were reports. Uh, I think it was your wife who mentioned that you had tried to stream this live, but the feed cut mm. six seconds in. Was that just due to a, a terrible cell phone signal out in the middle yeah. of nowhere? Yeah, and so do you still have video on your phone? Did you no? No, ah, shoot, no. And I I have a dash cam, but mm-hmm. it cycles. So uh, by the time I got to it, it had recorded over. You damn know? it! And 
yeah, just bad luck on that. But mm -hmm. it wouldn't have been much anyway because it, it, we're going to get the, the – I think there were body cameras. There's a dash cam involved. We're going to be able to get all that in Discovery here. How are you going to get Discovery if they drop the charges on you? Well, I told you I had a special announcement, didn't I? We're gonna did. Get, I have a you letter. <laughs> I have a, a the, the Kokesh Christmas letter to uh, – all right, we'll get to, to we'll get to that. We'll get to that. And the people involved. But yeah, you're going to yeah, there's I got leverage here. That's the point. Okay. Um okay, so they they pull me over and he takes my information, goes back to his car and uh has me run through the NCIC, CCIC, you know, National Criminal Database, et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera systems and says I have three outstanding warrants uh from the case in Texas where I beat four felonies and a misdemeanor. Uh, again, using the religious defense, but not as decisive a victory in that case, because I ended up filing a motion to dismiss based on, um, you know, I'm I'm a member of the Oklahoma Native American Church and a self-proclaimed Wiccan and First Amendment religious rights. I have the right to possess all natural substances as sacrament, you know, based on my judgment, not yours. Go right. pound sand. And uh, they they came back to me with a plea deal that was basically such a nothing deal it wasn't even a plea to the charges it mm -hmm. was like a, a sweetheart plea deal where you're like oh man this is like way easier than going to trial but it's not the decisive victory that this was which we'll, we'll get to okay. here. so uh they can they come back to me and say you have outstanding warrants and he says i'm going to call for backup and then backup and i said <laughs> yeah i know i have warrants they're non-extraditable which is i've been told that a few times but I, this was actually the third time i got pulled over on this trip and the first time was oh. for not having a plate in Flagstaff. And this is so funny because my license had been suspended because I don't treat driving as a right. I mean, as a privilege that mm -hmm. I have to purchase. I treat it as a right that I have a right to. And uh, you you really want to come at me for that. You know, I'm just I'm, I, I decided a long time ago I'm done playing games. You know, I'm done. I'm done paying for my rights. I love it. Stand by. Adam Kokesh, you're pulled over in Colorado, some little county in southern Colorado. We'll uh, continue. He ended up in jail for 12 days over this. And we'll find out how they found the alleged psilocybin here in moments. And what happened next? You can share your thoughts as well. This is Free Talk Live. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com Talk Live, join us here if you want, although questions would have to be just for Adam Kokesh, our special guest on the line. Our number is 603-283-6160. On this live Christmas Day edition in the studio with you, it is Ian. And the Reverend Captain Kickass is here. And we are raising money for Give 
directly. It's a very interesting organization that has been helping people in extreme levels of poverty. And I love the idea of giving directly. Yeah, it's, it's really a cool. Great idea. Uh, in fact, they've helped out over a million people in the last couple of decades with over four hundred million dollars of cash given to these folks with no strings attached. And it allows uh, people in really needy places like Khalifi and Bamet counties in Kenya. Right now, that's who we're working on helping out uh, at the moment. And it, they find, their research finds that giving cash to people living in poverty can help drive a range of important positive changes in those folks' lives, like employment, nutrition, health, and education. Plus, cash allows individuals to invest in what they need instead of relying on aid organizations and donors thousands of miles away choosing for them. So if that's what you prefer, we agree. And that's why Free Talk Live is matching donations to give directly up to a total of $30,000. So if you want to help some folks out over the holiday season here, get over to Give dot freetalklive.com that's give dot freetalklive.com and yes they do take cryptocurrency um some of that you know if you've got some weird crypto or whatever that's not one of their standard ones they'll still they'll still work with you on it so just reach out directly to them about that so nice once again that's give dot freetalklive.com adam kokesh is with us from his home in uh, his home base there in arizona after 12 days in more than solitary confinement basically in a uh, cruddy little county in southern Colorado that, you know, to their credit, when you challenged them, they backed down uh, off yep. of these uh, these criminal charges. You'd been pulled over on your way back from visiting some folks, and they uh, called in backup after they figured out who you were. You're an activist, and you know, you stand, you're willing to stand up for yourself, and you got two big dogs with you. Uh, so they called in backup, and then what happened? Well, they're they're little dogs right now. They're still puppies. They're they're uh, but they're Thalman Louise. They're they're gorgeous. Uh, one's a brindle and one's a chocolate brindle, and they're from a local mutt litter that is allegedly a, a pit bull, Rottweiler, and Sharpay mix. Hmm. They look so gorgeous. I saw some some pictures. Yeah, and and they're only uh, and yeah, I do a, a channel on Telegram uh, for our homestead called Gardenia. Uh, and t.me slash the garden of freedom you can find that on there my main channel t.me slash adam versus the man Mm -hmm. and uh i don't know if i got cut off before the break there but i want to be clear there's there's no uh legend in this here (laughs) i was traveling with capsules of ground up psilocybin mushrooms and it was my intent to distribute them (laughs) to veterans Uh, all right fair enough (laughs) Yeah, uh, just just got to make that uh, abundantly clear from the get-go here. Fantastic. So, so uh, when they ran me through the system, this is the next one in a hundred part of the sequence of events where maybe they saw old warrants that were on my record. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, saw that and and made the mistake of reading them as currently extraditable. And so that was their, oh, well, we have to take them into custody for that. And then the next critical step in the event sequence of events was, well, we might as well violate him since he's here uh, in custody on the side of the road Mm -hmm. and try and pin some more charges on him. Let's search his truck. Gotcha. And, you know, well, there's literally no probable cause, although they later described my behavior as erratic, which is one of the reasons I'm pretty set on getting their 
body cam footage of this. Got it. Because I was not at all, and you all know me. Sure. Uh, I think I've got a solid enough record of being cool, calm, and collected under fire. Right. Specifically, even in much more stressful police interactions than anything in this case. Right. So basically, another officer showed up and said, uh, Your warrants are extraditable, and Texas will extradite. So we are uh, we are taking you into custody. Please step out of the vehicle. And this is again, I, I, I it's going to sound like submission, but when your safety, public safety, is involved because officers are threatening you with coercion on the side of the road, that is not the place to resist. Agreed. So uh, you comply physically until you are safely in the back of their squad car, at least. Uh, you might completely remain silent. But I would not advise that because it's creepy and cuts off a mode of communication that might be useful for safety or comfort. But certainly assert your rights to not answer questions mm-hmm. that you don't want to answer for whatever reason and err on the side of saying, you know what, officer, I'd rather wait till I have an attorney to talk about that. It's good advice. If it's anything of that nature. And that, that's my general attitude. If you're uncomfortable differentiating what to say don't say anything at all but no reason to be a dick about it and and no reason to cut off hey you know i got a shoulder injury you put my hands behind my back for more than five minutes i'm going to be in agony and they accommodated me for that actually Mm -hmm. but they did completely uh violate my rights by calling in a canine without probable cause pulling my dogs out of the car taking them into custody and their circumstance is a whole other story. In yeah. this, but they were taken and left outside in the cold in Colorado winter in a crate. Uh, and, and, and this was where? Crate. Like the pound? Is that where they were taken? I'll, I'll call it out. It, well, no, it was, it was Monta Vista Animal Control is what they call it, but it had, it had another name. There, there's a specific name, but it's, it's, it's known as Monta Vista Animal Control. So it's a we'll government agency. There. The government... More or less. Yeah, if not, okay. it's a con. It's a direct contract mm-hmm. that's get. They gets paid to take animals that are seized. And as I understand and, and it, somebody who was a friend that was in the the region came down, and they wouldn't yeah. they wouldn't let them go pick the dogs up right away because they were quote unquote closed for the weekend. So they had you know, to. Yeah, it's kind of like no. If you're taking care of animals and you're responsible for other people's animals, screw that. You are at least on call twenty four hours yeah. a day. So, like no, that th- that's inhumane. You're seizing animals from other people's care, and then ah, we're just going to be closed for a couple of days. They got food. Mm-mm. Yeah, no. they don't. They don't lock up no. the uh, the canine police dogs no. on the weekends, do they? No. So no. yeah, that is not okay. I'm not okay with that. We are we are going to address that. Okay. Um, and they got they got a little frostbite on their ears, but oh. they were otherwise okay from from what we know. Good. Uh, but yeah, this is if if you recall, like my dog Blue, uh, Canoor. That's it. Like Connor, C O N O U R Animal Shelter. Okay. In Rio Grande County, it's in Monta Vista, Colorado. Yeah. Thank you, dear. Uh, so they uh, pulled me out of the truck and to theirs, and then. Their canine came around, and I'm watching all this from the back of a squad car. I get moved to a sheriff's squad car. Uh, I get taken all, and I'm, I'm sort of wa- I'm watching them 
search my truck and I have all this like random interesting gear and I had a baboon skull and I just bought some silver coins and I saw them geeking out on that. I got my comic book collection back from my brother from being in storage. Like it was, it was a weird collection of stuff in my truck from Mm -hmm. this journey. I had an old like sea trunk, like wood leather metal that it's like a restoration project I found on Craigslist, like a pirate's trunk. And they were like, what the heck is all of this stuff? So, uh, but they, they found the capsules because they were sitting in my console. I wasn't hiding them. Right. And they, they towed my truck somewhere and uh, searched it more thoroughly, really tossed it. They pried out some of the interior panels. Wow. Um, and left them hanging. Yeah. Like, you know, just, oh, there might be drugs hidden in the door. You know, yeah. pop, pop, uh, really. Uh, stuff like that and uh, some other little damage here and there, but uh, nothing out of the norm. But then I was taken to custody in in Sawatch County jail. And on the, before I got there, I told the sheriff who was driving me or the sheriff's deputy was a Sergeant, Sergeant Brubaker. I said, you know what? I'm not, and he's, he's in a rock bed too. So I basically told him I'm not cooperating with this anymore. You're going to have to carry me in. (laughs) All right. Stand by more with uh, Adam Kokesh here. And yeah, it's, got to be really interesting when the police have to carry somebody because they're used to people just going where they're told to go and they don't have to put any effort in whatsoever we'll continue with the story here in moments here on free talk live it's free talk live if you want to join us here 603-283-6160 if you've got a question for Adam Kokash from Adam versus the man and now homefrontbattlebuddies.org, he was arrested on uh, the side of the road in Sawatch County, Colorado. So he was just trying to go home with his dogs from visiting some folks and had acquired some psilocybin capsules. So, not the actual mushrooms that you might be used to seeing but uh, presumably ground up and put into capsules and uh, the cops found him uh put him in uh, brought took him into custody and you told him at one point as you're on your way to the uh, to be processed at the jail or uh the holding facility mm-hmm. there adam you said you've had it you're not going to be cooperating from here on out you're gonna have to carry me and that's where you left the story off yeah, and this is where it gets good, but we're going to have to accelerate the narrative over the next 12 days to get to the shocking victory that this resulted in. Well, there's usually uh, not a whole lot that happens in jail if you're in solitary, so I imagine we can accelerate that part of the story somewhat, <laughs> uh, although there's always interesting jail stories. I know there were a lot of people calling. A lot of folks on the outside were uh, were making phone calls to the facility, and I imagine yeah, that... The, that- the phone bombing was going on. Yes, I know that yes, that got yes. back to you, right? Oh, we, we like could, you knew they were doing that, right? Well, it, it was it was actually an extremely rich experience. It, it did get back, uh, and and I gotta give a shout out, of course, to to Joey. And I'll get to the the sequence of events here and and explain exactly why I really couldn't have done this without Joey Lee, GI Mary Jane. And everybody who backed her up, taking the initiative and bringing the spotlight that I'm able to bring when this happens, because people know that what I'm doing is righteous and they have confidence in me as an activist of integrity going into a situation like this. So uh, when I got in there, I was, I'll also take this opportunity to uh, you know shout out uh, my own show, Adam versus the man. 
in terms of like the, the 12 days, I mean, I could talk about that alone for hours. And I think we spent about an hour on just that when we did this for the last three hour episode of Adam versus the man we did on Thursday, just trying to get out as much of the narrative as I could while it was fresh on my mind. So if anybody wants to go back to that again, my telegram channel t.me slash Adam versus the man or on odyssey odyssey nice uh dot com slash at adam kokesh k-o-k-e-s-h uh or just search adam versus the man uh wherever you get your propaganda right and i told them as we were pulling up i'm not going to cooperate and so like these two like pretty big but just out of shape overweight dudes pick me up and joey's like oh my god i can just imagine them throwing out their backs <laughs> picking you up and i'm like yeah i mean i'm a solid 200 pounds even right. for me holding 100 pounds off to the side would be like you know awkwardly and like they're they're maneuvering me through you know swinging doors and and uh they set me down on a metal bench and handcuffed me to a horseshoe welded to the bench hmm. and at some point there's a back and forth and i'm like look these warrants are not extraditable this is nonsense this is gonna this is gonna fail just i just this screw you guys this is you are wrong don't care just the longer you take to figure this out the more it's going to cost you the worse it's going to be for you and and i was uh you know pretty direct with them and there's so much else there's so much rich texture that you know, I'd love to share about interacting with them, but, you know, I had one of them uh, looking up my Wikipedia page while I was declining to book. Um, at one point, I swung my leg over the horseshoe in such a way that the cuffs were in between my legs and they couldn't access them. <laughs> so I did actually engage in a bit of physical resistance, uh, which is something I've I've only dabbled with. Uh, complete non-compliance is is a different thing, um, but uh, you know, active defensive resistance—you know—to not be moved or to be moved physically in your posture or something like that—that's that's that's one thing. Can you talk for a uh, moment about the motivation of why not? Because obviously, you went along with the the arrest because then they can hit you with a resisting arrest charge. But at some point, you you know, you decided, all right, I'm I'm done helping you guys. Now you're going to have to carry me. Um, yeah. since you'd already been arrested, I guess they can't charge you with another, res- you know, they can't hit you with resisting at that point. Cause you're under arrest. So like, what's the, what's the rationale? What is your mo- motivation to, uh, to go in that direction as an activist? Well, at that point it was, if I stay on this bench, they really can't book anybody else while I'm here. I'm like, <laughs> it's, a, it's such a small jail. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like that literally gumming up the works mm-hmm. by just sitting on that one bench and straddling the horseshoe with my cuffs, uh, you know, atta- or my cuff. Yeah. With one wrist attached to that, uh, you know, my other hand covering the locks. Um, but and this is going to sound like a big sidebar, but I had been recently listening to this song by uh, the real McKenzie's called my head is filled with music. And it's the story of Billy Millen, the piper from Normandy in world war two and the landing, the guy who played the freaking bagpipes while people were getting British soldiers, Scottish soldiers were getting shot by German snipers all around him and they only didn't shoot him because they thought he was crazy 
And I mean, the, 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 there's a Wikipedia page on Bill Millen, and he's the the feature of this song. And I've been listening, and it's a it's a it's a punk song. I've been listening to it, screaming along, crying to myself, you know, thinking about my experiences as a Marine and why it, it's such a touching story. But to me, in particular, as opposed to just you know the average real Mackenzie's fan listening to the song or punk enthusiast, because I see that that kind of courage that, that he displayed that, well, I was ordered to play the freaking bagpipes and march through the gore and muck to raise the spirits of the troops. Well, if that's what I am commanded to do, then I will do it. And it makes me want to cry because it's when you understand what war is, it's the best of humanity serving the worst of humanity. But it was just the call with absolute determination to follow that order. And to me, it was a call to conscience and a call to principle. And it was, this is wrong. I don't care what happens. I will not be a part of it. Got it. And so they, they, they picked me up and they carried me into the solitary cell and, uh, you know, gently put me down on my stomach after taking off my belt and my boots, carrying me, uh, you know, across the, like just the, the one little hallway there. And I was in a six by nine where there was like a grate near the ceiling. There was a camera in the corner, a vent in another top corner, the standard steel sink toilet combo unit yep. with the, you know what I'm, Ian oh, yeah. knows what I'm talking about. That's the same ones they got at the Keen spiritual retreat <laughs> center for activists sure. and uh, a, a steel bunk and a, a mat. I got a mattress and a, a couple blankets and I was really glad that I got arrested wearing police-lined pants because you can turn them inside out and roll them up into a pillow. So that was a, a great comfort to me while I was in there. And there, there's a whole battle about you know of me going at it uh, verbally and making noise, pounding on the steel bunk like a freaking drum uh, to get the other inmates to turn the television down because it was driving me nuts. And actually... I had to listen because like they had the, the TV volume on so loud, the way it carried through this, the halls around the corner, it was louder than I would have my TV watching it. Well, cause home. I was going to say in, in uh, any facility I've been in, you, you know, normally you, you don't have guys watching the TV right in the booking area all day. So well, you were hearing this from one corner, of their, yeah. You're, yeah. So you were hearing this yeah, from like a I cell had, block. I had to listen to a World War II movie like that, and it gave me an anxiety attack. Like, oh, and, and I, you know, just, I, I mean, it, it sounds. I mean, I don't want to say like, oh my god, but like, it, like I, I have a lot of reasons, and maybe it's just pet peeves, and I'm, I'm hypersensitive, but, um, don't make me sing the jingles that I had to listen to a hundred times a day. Holy crap! Mm. No, that it, that alone like drove me nuts. Oh yeah. Um, they, but I got earplugs eventually. And uh, but but the first important thing in the narrative actually was before they carried me into the cell. At one point, they said, "Hey, the officer from Center PD is going to come and write you a ticket for the mushrooms charge and let you go." And I said, "Yeah, that's more like it." And then they said five minutes later, "Never mind, you're going to the judge on Monday." Mm, uh, and you know how that goes. Rope it so up. Um, then I was so I was in that solitary cell, and they came to me the next day and said. Your friends put bond together for you. It's ten thousand dollars. They pay fifteen hundred. Here's a bondsman, and and this was the first hard part for me, and I had to say no. 
Yeah, no. you d- didn't. No, you I'm demand just... a written apology before you would actually accept bond. <laughs> yeah, something like that. All right, stand by, Adam. We uh, we got more coming up here with Adam Kokesh, and I guess I, a question that I, I know Bonnie had uh, was, did he actually end up getting the apology right. when they when they let him out? So stand by, we'll find out uh, coming up here. Also, did you get the shrooms back? Uh, that's another good question. Good question. They dropped the charges, so we'll find all that out coming up here. It's free talk live. Is your broken heart stopping you from being authentically happy? My name is Jeremy West, and for a limited time, I am running a free online class to teach you what most people don't know about how to deal with your feelings, the simple way to deal with your negative thinking, the key to breaking your unhealthy relationship patterns, and so much more. No more feeling like a failure who will never find true love. No more self-medicating and ending up feeling even more miserable. And no more feeling like you'll never be someone who deserves an amazing partner. Sound good? You'll discover a new way to finally feel validated and loved, to stop trying to get yourself worth from the very people who tear it down, and to put you in control of your own happiness so you never surrender that control to another person again in as little as eight weeks. Register now for my free online class at beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. That's beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want to talk about here, Uh, although right now calls are restricted to those who have a question for Adam Kokesh. Uh, He's been our guest for the last hour as we've been diving deep into the situation he found himself uh, dealing with over the last couple of weeks. Uh, when he was arrested in Sawatch County, Colorado, little southern county with a few thousand people living in it, uh, as he was driving through there, and uh, they they got him for a felony charge of possession of psilocybin with intent to distribute a couple of uh, traffic-related stuff like uh, not having a, a tag and not having a license. Uh, it's a fascinating story because they dropped the charges after he was in jail for 12 days, refused to cooperate with his captors, refused to be taken in front of the uh, woman in a robe in the court. And so we're getting to as, uh, as much of this as we can. It's just an interesting story uh, with you tonight. It's Ian. And the captain. And we're going to go back to uh, Adam Kokesh here on the line from his home in Arizona, as we were uh, discussing with you, sort of the, uh, the 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 big question is: Did you ever get the apology uh, that you were demanding when you would, at first they'd come to you and said, "Oh, your friends they they put bail together, the bail bondsman's here," and you told this guy, "Yeah, I'm sorry, I don't want the bail, I don't want the bond, I don't want to, I don't want to get out until I get an apology," right? More or less, I I don't really do apologies because they're symbolic. Uh, you know, commit acknowledgement of wrongdoing, commitment to right wrongs and, and serve justice. If you want to call that an apology or frame that as an apology, sure. Uh, I, I, although I, I am still hoping to get an apology for Thelma and Louise. We'll get to that. Before we jump into the story again, I wanted to say thanks to everybody tuning in who's live listening right now uh, on Christmas, taking this special day for a lot of people and and regardless a uh, uh, you know a sacred day for many traditions and uh a, a, just a, a a great family time for so many people to join us for this because you know for the, the people who i i consider my my real family it's it's those who share 
these deeper values. And there, there, there's a lot of overlap with my biological family as well. Uh, but, you know, I, I, which gets me to the, my dad's role in the story. But first, you know, Ian, for everything that you've done, you know, in the realm of civil disobedience and in the realm of media production, you know, my hat's off to you. And it's an honor to know that this is my victory lap after a tangle with the state of this nature. And I'm, I'm really honored and to have the opportunity to, to read this letter, the, uh, the Kokesh Christmas letter, hopefully we'll get to it in the next segment. Uh, if we can get sure. through this, this narrative, but the, the next part in it communications wise, I was able to use the one phone call I demanded. Uh, and because I was declining to book, I got to use a secure phone, which is like the regular jail phone, as opposed to the special eavesdrop, inmate phone of right. course okay. and i say he's listening to everything but uh, at least this one isn't you know ostensibly being recorded so i called my my dad and i knew that he was plugged into my telegram channel and that he could put a comment there at least explaining that i'd been arrested in the circumstances and that i was asking just for for people to to call uh the swatch county jail and uh to just to demand that i be released Mm-hmm. and make sure that they knew that there was that scrutiny on it from the get-go, at least. So my dad played a critical role there. He got that message out, and that's where Joey picked it up. And my team of dedicated Adamers of the Man enthusiasts in our Producers Club, who are my Patreon, Patreon uh, patrons, sponsors, they all jumped on this right away and did an amazing job bringing that scrutiny. And my bond was automatically set based on the nature of the charges at $10,000, which came out to a $1,500 bill with a bondsman. And uh, Emily Goldberg, who's the chair of the Arizona Libertarian Party, big shout out to her and Joey for putting that together. Uh, And they came and I refused. I, I declined to take bond because that's a submission to an acknowledgement of their authority. When you say my freedom has the price tag on it that you put on it, and I will pay that price, and I will acknowledge that I am accountable to your authority for these charges, and will sign documents to that effect. And I was like already just hearing that call from principle. You know, I didn't know until later. I, I honestly did not look up till after I left the jail that I was facing on that one felony two charge, eight to twenty four years, and mm-hmm. as a convicted felon, probably on the higher side of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's kind of like. You know, hey, if you don't look off the edge of the cliff, you're less likely to fall. Okay, that's true. So, um, I I I, re- I figured the odds of a, an absolute loss on that count and a conviction were pretty low, but I did have a sense of the stakes at that point. They had given me the paperwork, the uh, affidavit of warrantless ar- for a warrantless arrest from uh, arresting officer Christian Guadarrama that explained the the sequence of events from from his perspective his recollection seems to differ from mine on, on a few key minor points but uh that that's uh besides the point for the narrative right now but they came in and then the captain of the jail came in himself captain wilson to try to convince me to take bond well you're better at fighting this on the outside nah no, nah, I'm going to sit here till you figure this out and you decide to do the right thing. Oh, if I like, and, and, and I, I, I told him to his face every minute that I'm in here, 
your bill for accountability with me goes up. And I said, I, I, I knew from just walking through the part of the jail that I had and what I had heard already at that point that they were operating so under budget and, and understaffed that, that by federal guidelines, they were operating illegally hmm. uh, in a number of ways. And I told that to the jail captain's face the, the, that Saturday evening, the second day I was in there, like, nah, you guys are already on the hook for so much crap with me. You are going to be paying for this one way or another. The sooner you figure out how to do the right thing, the better it's going to be for you. So then court came around. I should say uh, they even put Emily on the phone with me. They handed me and I'm in in this solitary cell. That's a steel door with a window at like eye height. And I'm, you know, just over average. I'm like, you know, 510. And it was just comfortable for me to see through. And it was a, a, a window of metal slits about the size of a piece of paper with one bar missing in the, in the, and there are two bars out in the lower half so that you could pass a tray of food through it. Mm-hmm. That was my world for 12 days. That, that whole thing and talking to people through that window and pointing my finger at the captain of the jail being like, Oh, you dumb sucker. This is not, you don't know what you just stepped into, but I tell you what, man, you want to dance? Let's dance. And I, I just was complete non-cooperative except for demanding my rights. Um, Monday rolled around and they said, it's time for court. And I was laying in bed naked and I said, no, thanks. <laughs> and, and they were like, what? <laughs> yeah. That's great. Man. And so this I is just so up. for them, yeah. this never happens, right? Like to have somebody not want to go to, you know, to leave the cell, to not want to go in front of a, a man or a woman in a robe who could wave their magic wand and let them out on some right. sort of uh, PR bond or whatever. This is usually the right. first opportunity that anybody gets to get out of the cell and you're just saying no i'm fine here it reminds me of uh the uh these alien sci-fi things where the alien you know eventually gets caught up and arrested somehow Mm -hmm. and does all these bizarre things because it it's not accustomed to the things that we are yeah and the 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 guards don't know how to react to something like this because it just doesn't happen yeah it like doesn't compute for them so the next thing is i I did get a pencil and paper one of those you know half-length jail pencils and mm-hmm. the way they're they were so disorganized with inmate requests like no i'm not i'm not waiting a day and a half for you to get the pencil sharpener uh i'm gonna sharpen this with my thumbnail and i'm gonna write what i need to write and so and the, they told me that my court had been rescheduled for wednesday yeah i actually and was so, listening to uh the hearing and the judge who seemed like a very young judge just I, I didn't get to see her picture but the voice sounded very young um and she just oh mr kokesh doesn't want to come out of his cell okay well we'll just we'll put this off even though she could have simply just put in a plea of not guilty on your behalf i suspect i doubt right. you would actually have needed to appear in front of her but she wanted to give you another chance uh to make your appearance we'll continue here with uh, adam kokesh yeah, exactly. Plus, you've got a letter that That's you want to share with us here in moments. Uh, more with Adam Kokesh from Adam versus the man on his latest jail odyssey in Sawatch County, Colorado. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, live Saturday show, live Christmas Day edition of the program. With a special guest, Adam Kokesh from Adam vs. the Man and Homefront Battle Buddies at homefrontbattlebuddies.org. 
coming back from a uh, meet-up with some friends in Colorado and Utah. He was pulled over. Uh, they found some psilocybin. He admits to this. Uh, that was uh, essentially ground up in, in pill form. And they uh, put him in a jail cell for 12 days before ultimately dropping the charges. And this was actually after the, the charges got dropped roughly a week after he sent a letter to the judge in this particular case, whom he never actually appeared in front of. So on uh, you were you're about to tell us that on the Monday she you know you didn't appear. You said I don't want to leave the cell. You weren't cooperating with the police. They didn't want to carry you out. Uh, so you know you just stayed there. She delayed the the next court hearing until two days later. So that Wednesday you also did not leave the cell, and they did not force you in front of the judge. And at that point she put off the next hearing to another week out. But you also that same day handed a handwritten letter to be uh, delivered to the judge, correct? Yes. Yes. And this is where I would want to just pass it right back to you because the next critical point in the narrative is that on Wednesday, when they said it's time for court, I was again in my bunk naked uh, and then handed this letter. I reached up to that little slot and passed it out and was like, here. You can give this to the judge. And that was it. And in that letter, and, which you read actually yeah, I, on a phone call, uh, that phone I call. Listened, right. Yeah. So that I just one more thing here that that morning I was like, hey, I'm a pro se defendant. I have court today. I demand one phone call for legal purposes for consultation mm-hmm. without it being a monitor jail line. And so, of course, I just called Joey and recorded this message. And I heard your coverage and I was so honored that you dedicated so much airtime to it when I was still locked up at that point. Uh, but yeah, yesterday I listened to the show that you recorded about it while I was locked up. So well, what did you think of that letter to the judge? I thought it was fantastic. And for listeners that don't know, this was, I think, our Thursday show, what, two weeks ago now or something like that? Um, maybe it was a week ago. When yeah. did you get out? It was earlier this week, right? It would have been. It would have been Thursday... Uh, last week, a, a week before last, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we we played the full message, the full letter. You read it out loud over this phone call, and uh, we played the whole thing. And I thought it was great because it it did sound like you kind of admitted to the psilocybin there in the letter. You cited your church, which we haven't even really touched on yet. And I think it's worth talking about. Uh, and uh, the pronunciation you said Oklavoya is how you pronounce it. Oklavoya, yeah. Oklavoya. I want to I want to get through the end of this narrative. Uh, by the end of this segment, so I can read the the next letter, which is very important. Yeah, but, but you brought up your religious Wednesday, objection, and you're like, "Hey, yeah. look, this is my religion. You guys are prosecuting me for it. This is ridiculous." Yeah. And you and know, less than a week later, the charges were dropped. And the letter was in layman's terms, signed in my. I, I do a real life pirate cosplay as as Captain Freebeard. So <laughs> yeah, I that was the first the time I'd heard that. <laughs> Yeah, people started calling me that and and said I should have a cosplay character, and mm. then I was like, "Well, title of captain." If I'm gonna do that. Where did where I did might you as well be a pirate in real life? Where'd you come up with that and, idea, uh, Adam? <laughs> hmm? Where'd you come by, up with the, by the way the idea? Yeah. <laughs> so I love it, man. Um, uh, the my truck uh, at the end of this is a really important part of the story because it, it really well we'll get to that. But so at, the, at court Wednesday, I sent in layman's terms this letter that was basically like you're wrong stop it 
you know, mm-hmm. and this is why I'm doing it. And and I was talking about Johnny Hurley, you know, that cops who shoot first and ask questions later are a menace to the public and themselves and need to be taken off the street. And that's what happened here. And they obviously didn't like that. So she rescheduled for a following week. I was like, oh, and she, you were on the call. She was super nice or maybe just passed over. Didn't get this point, but I was like, oh, all right. Well, if he doesn't want to cooperate, he can just sit in jail for another week, you know, which is, you know, you know, guilty until proven innocent. And it's a kind of, you know, inhumane. Typical power move by a judge. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't want to ascribe too much intentionality to her because I don't know her motives or if it was an automatic thing or if it was that's just the next day. And it's a, it's a very, again, very small county, yeah. right? 6,300 something people. Yeah. This is like a so, regional court. I think it serves multiple uh, counties yeah, or something. Yeah. So a- anyway, then I start negotiating and I am. I mean, I spent all night when the, when the other inmates were messing me with the TV volume. I mean, my, I don't know what you've been told about this, Ian, but I was, I was told once, you know, when you go to jail, if you get to general population, the first thing you do is find the biggest dude you can and, and, and beat him up so that, I mean, I can't say the, the A word on the radio. I know, but you earn uh, your respect. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then they know you're the toughest guy in the yard and then the rest of your time is easy. And since I was in solitary, the only way I could do that was pound on my bunk two nights in a row and deny everybody within earshot any sleep. So I basically did that for like the entire jail because it's a 20 person jail. I'll tell um, you this. It does not make the people in the jail like you if you do that crap. <laughs> right. But but I actually won their support by the end of it. And they gave me their names. And it was important in that letter. As you noticed, I, I cited uh, Christopher or Nicholas Hamill and Ron Paulson who were witness to this guard's inappropriate behavior, threatening me with extra charges and trying to use them for that by saying I was harassing them. Mm. Uh, And then they sent me books. (laughs) So um, I think I won them over by, you know, um, audio kicking their butts by just denying the the entire jail sleep for for a night and a half. Um, But that's that's a whole other sidebar to the story. But eventually the uh the the sheriff himself came in and and i i spoke with him uh at one point i was visited by john hogue who's a public defender there who said he was just inspired by my letter enough that he had to meet me and Hmm. requested that i talk to him you know i made it very clear from the beginning i'm going pro se but i would welcome your advice and input and he gave me the technical information to properly write up a motion to dismiss and to request discovery and a meeting with the district attorney under Colorado criminal procedure rule 16. And I didn't know that stuff, but I, they must've seen those documents that I, I gave, I sent out Friday. I said to the, I handed them to one of the guards and said, this please copy send electronically to the DA and this please, uh, copy uh digitally and send to the judge the motion goes to the judge to the court filing and also to the so you did file a motion to dismiss after the letter that you had sent i legally filed on friday a a handwritten but technically cited proper motion to dismiss yes Mm -hmm. and it it cited the improper behavior of the cops the search and seizure violation the timeliness of the charges which was another thing suggested by uh mr hogue and he gave me the proper legal citations for that. 
and the religious defense specifically on the mushroom charges and the right to travel specifically on the no place no insurance charges you've got a letter that you've written up that has yet to be presented anywhere you're going to share that with us coming up here in moments correct yes sir adam kokesh is with us here uh the continuing story of what happened to him over the last couple of weeks behind bars in a uh, little jail in Sawatch County, Colorado for total BS, victimless crimes. We're coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com it's free talk live you join us here the questions for adam kokesh will be given priority at 603-283-6160 we're in the midst of a uh, lengthy discussion diving deep into what happened to him after he was arrested on the side of the road in sawatch county colorado for possession of psilocybin that's the active chemical in psychedelic mushrooms uh, on the side of the road there, he got charged with not just possession of, but also with intent to distribute, which takes it to you know, yeah. a pretty serious felony in that case. But it's his religion. It's his uh, you know religious sacrament, essentially. And it's something that he was intending to share with uh, veterans to help them you know, overcome things like PTSD. That's part of his new mission in uh, what he's uh, founded called Homefront Battle Buddies homefrontbattlebuddies.org. We're going to continue with Adam Kokesh, but I also want to say thanks to Alex, who is a, a gold-level supporter of the Free Talk Live Amps Patreon. Uh, so it's something that we launched just a couple of months ago after we had to blow up our old website and blow up the old AMP program uh, because, well, our credit card provider decided they wanted to stop doing business with us for some reason. I don't know, maybe the FBI raid had something to do with that, but they didn't say why. Uh, so anyway, we're over there at ampsamps.freetalklive.com. They'll take you right over to our Patreon and you can uh, sign up just like Alex did. He's a gold level, which means he's doing 10 bucks a month at least. So thank you, Alex. And thank you everybody for supporting what we do here. And thank you, Adam Kokesh for coming on for an extended level, uh, interview here on this topic. And, uh, I appreciate your, uh, your activism. appreciate your, your courage, uh, while in the clutches of the, uh, the, the status and uh, let's see, where where were we here? We were talking about well, being held and filing motions. Only, yeah. Well, as I can only say to a handful of other people on this earth, on that count, right back at you, brother. And, uh, yeah, we can kind of cut to the chase now because I really want to get to this letter yeah. of follow-up. I mean, obviously, we all know this ended pretty well. Before you get to the and- letter, though, I do I want to know, like, the day you got out. Yeah, because you've been refusing to leave the cell when you were you were called for court. What was it like when they showed up to your cell to say, "All right, you're out of here"? 
I was like, well, okay. So, I mean, I'll get to, so I, I mean, then it was, you know, I waited another weekend and then uh, on Monday, the captain came to me and said, we're going to have a meeting the next day with the sheriff and the DA. And so I spent all day preparing notes for that meeting in my cell, like Mm -hmm. while I was reading books and I had gotten into a pretty good routine. They were feeding me pretty solid yo or uh, vegan food. I was uh, like, I mean, kind of basic, you know, GMO corn syrup type stuff. Got a lot of peanut butter and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Uh, But they did feed me vegan. And the Hmm. two uh, women, Deb and Lori, shout out to them. They do an outstanding job with a nothing budget uh, trying to take care of the inmates there. Um. But, you know, I got into routine doing yoga and working out uh, naked every evening, which is kind of nice. I came up with a new yoga pose. It only works if you're doing yoga naked with someone watching you on a camera. It's called <laughs> Two Birds on a Flower. Uh, you you take, take plow pose and then extend your hands downwards away from you and, and fists and then extend your middle fingers and, and attach one to, to either uh, of, of your butt cheeks and pull them apart. Um, so. Uh, I got to do that every day before dinner, uh, did a little calisthenics routine, you know, kind of a body weight split, uh, to try to mimic my weight routine that I do when I'm, I'm not in jail. And I was getting, I was getting really comfortable. Actually. I finally had a chance to talk to the nurse. She got me uh, on multivitamins and my allergy meds and a probiotic. I was like, yeah. Cool. Well, Settling then, in for the long haul. All right. Yeah, I'm 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 ready to go to you know pro se jury trial from custody. You want to dance? Let's dance. I'm and and you're gonna have a spotlight on you the whole time. And I'm guaranteed to make this cost way more than it's worth to you to keep messing with me. And before the meeting even happened, they folded. The DA filed a motion. Uh, on Tuesday at some point before the scheduled hearing Wednesday and my motion had been filed before and I had not gotten any response to that. Mm-hmm. So they sidestepped it. There might've been some procedural violation there, but the district attorney or assistant district attorney handling the case filed a motion to have the case dismissed because they weren't prosecuting. They were saying we're declining to file charges. Mm. And I was ready to sit in that jail cell and make him carry me out of there again because I was like, well, I want my truck and my mushrooms back because I don't know how you screw people on that. What's it going to cost to get my truck out of impound? And they came to me with the, these papers that said it was dismissed. Mm-hmm. Uh, case dismissed, big capital letters in this little jail. And that's uh, all the charges, the, the felony distribution, the uh, yeah. the no tag, no license charges. Yeah. Okay, all charges case dismissed now i was without prejudice so hypothetically they can bring it all back but i'm going to address that in this letter that i want to read yeah and you know i'm I'm honestly like submitting this for your review but but finally to wrap up the story uh sergeant brubaker came back to me in the cell and said and it was like because i i didn't jump out of the cell like most inmates did i sat back and was like huh okay so now if i want to stay here I have to make you carry me again, or I have to like wedge myself under the bunk or something like that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Cause I got, I got a few cards left to play. If, if you're going to, and, and he came to me and said, uh, we're, I'm, I'm going to give you a courtesy ride back to your truck. And it's a 40 minute drive away to the tow yard. Okay. 
that's already a, like pretty close to an apology. That's better than cutting you out the side door and saying good luck. Yeah. So. Right. And he's yeah, we're gonna make sure you get your cell phone and your wallet and all your other confiscated property from Center Police Department and the mushrooms. And, and I said, not not well, no, not quite. But he said he was. I said, am I gonna get my truck for free? You're gonna make me pay for impound towing right. and all that because mm. it would have been it would have been a couple thousand dollars probably. Right. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna like get let you get. A, if I can stop right, stop you right now from getting away with holding my truck for ransom, then I'm gonna do it. And he looked me in the eye and said, "Have I lied to you yet?" Sheriff's department's gonna pick up the tab. And wow. I was like, I, I looked at him, squ- I squinted at him for a moment, and I, he was he reached out his hand. I shook his hand. I said, "All right, let's see if you mean it." And I he gave me a ride, and halfway back, we met in an unmarked car with a center police department officer who gave him a box of my stuff that had my silver coins and my baboon skull okay and a few other funny little odds and ends they took my weed out of the container and then put it in an evidence bag and gave that back to me okay they took they took the psilocybin <laughs> capsules out of the sealed envelope and gave me the envelope back in an <laughs> evidence bag as well it was really weird um but they, not they, the, they, 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 the they, they kind of yeah uh, they they kind of knew they screwed up. Mm. Um, so then they drove me back to my truck. I got my truck. And uh, uh, the next day I went to center PD, walked in there and Joey recording it, streaming it. Uh, I demanded the, the, the mushrooms back and my vitamins that they, they also took, I think, and probably just forgot to put back. And uh, they said, we'll, we'll get back to you. So, and, re- and then I called the DA and, and asked for a phone appointment with the DA handling my case and didn't hear back. So given all of that, I've decided to write this Christmas letter. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll just launch into it. It'll probably take us into the next segment. So all right, sure. Cut me off. Yep. But I, I want you to know, Ian and, and uh, Captain Kickass as well, that like I haven't sent this yet. I was thinking about sending it before the show. And if, if you if you tell me not to... I'm open to your your counsel, okay. or if you think there's something to fundamentally change here, or any of your listeners, perhaps. But if not, I'm I'm going to go fire this off to all the relevant parties right after the show here. Okay. So this is dated Christmas Day, December 25th, 2021, on the Captain Freebeard letterhead. Dear friends, people of Sawatch County, District Attorney Alonzo Payne, Sheriff Dan Warwick, Chief Dale Meek, Sergeant Aaron Frescas, Sergeant Adam Frescas, and Officer Chris, Christian Guadarrama. Merry Christmas, blessed solstice, happy festivus, and seasons. Greetings to all. My name is Adam Kogish, and I recently spent 12 days in solitary confinement in the Swatch County Jail thanks to the actions of three officers of the Center Police Department on December 10th. We're going to continue with the letter. Stand by. Adam Kogish is with us. He's got a letter for his captors. And my, my initial thought, without having heard any of this yet, is if there is still a newspaper in existence in the county, I'd CC them on a copy oh, yeah. of this as well. Uh, more coming up here in moments. This is Free Talk Live. we got Adam Kokesh with us. It's Free Talk Live. Bones here. Uh, if you want to join us, if you have a question for Adam Kokesh, you can dial at 603-283-6160. He's got a letter that he's written to the various different prosecutors, jailers, uh, police officers, and people in Sawatch County, Colorado, who held him for 12 days of his life behind bars and then ultimately dropped the charges. Can we call it the 12 days of cage <laughs> Just Just occurred to me. 
<laughs> yeah, well, it was right before Christmas time. In fact, I think you said, Adam, you got out on the solstice on uh, the 21st. And uh, so you were just getting into the sort of introductory portion of the letter that you have yet to send. So it's in the final, uh, you know, final draft format here and you're sharing it with our listeners first. So uh, let's jump into it. The three officers involved showed reckless disregard for the law, my rights and the best interests of the people they supposedly served. Having now beaten the charges I was falsely accused of, I have a pack of rabid dogs, civil rights attorneys drooling over this case, ready to sue all of those involved for everything you're worth. Even if I were to lose the cases for wrongful search and seizure, property damage, wrongful imprisonment, injury sustained, rights violations, and many more possibilities, it would cost me nothing to pursue those cases, and you would lose at least thousands of dollars worth of resources and labor hours fighting me off. I don't want to go that way, so with this letter, I present an alternative. In exchange for sparing you this, I only ask that you, one, provide $2,400 for the material damages done to my truck and logistics costs. Two, provide me with all records regarding the case to which I'm legally entitled under Rule 16 of Colorado criminal procedure, including body camera footage and all recorded related correspondence. Three, return the remaining property you took from me, including the psilocybin capsules. Mm. Four, have a motion granted to get the dismissal of my case upgraded to with prejudice. Mm -hmm. Five, never jail anyone in the county for simple drug possession ever again and adjust policy everywhere relevant to ensure it never happens again. Yes, Sawatch will be a decrim county on par with policy in Oregon. Six, get your act together when it comes to inmate requests of the jail for things like clothing, pencils, paper, hygiene products, and showers. Get your act together providing a decent library and exercise opportunities for inmates. Get your priorities straight and provide greater a greater portion of your jail budget for food for inmates. Seven, institute a compassionate booking process that ensures immediate access to everything inmates are entitled to, especially healthcare, mental health screening, and legal consultation. Eight, create a veteran liaison position to designate someone to consult with every military veteran who enters Sawatch County Jail as an inmate. Nine, immediately release everyone in the Sawatch County Jail who is there for victimless crimes, (laughs) unless you have a specific reason to believe they are an immediate, clear, and present threat to the community 10 adjust policy everywhere relevant in the county to respect excuse me to reflect respect for all americans right to travel without harassment by law enforcement and our fourth amendment rights to privacy 11 have the three officers responsible make a personal written apology to my dogs thelma and louise (laughs) for the abuse they experienced with a commitment to all dogs that it won't happen again 12, adjust policy to ensure that animals seized by law enforcement in the county are treated humanely. And 13, finally, all good things come in 13s. Send a copy of this letter to every law enforcement officer in the county and post a copy in the bulletin board slash employee notice area in every government building in the county until every item on this list is completed. If you have any questions, you know how to get a hold of me. If you do not have this letter mounted in every building by close of business on Monday, January 3rd, I will take it as a rejection of my magnanimous offer. If you choose to reject this offer, all funds that I generate from lawsuits will be used to create an endowment for my nonprofit, Homefront Battle Buddies, to fund scholarships for veterans from Sawatch County to experience psilocybin. 
at our facility in Arizona. All of the policy adjustments that I'm requesting are compassionate, revenue-positive reforms that are in everyone's best interests. I'm open to negotiation and revising this letter. I look forward to hearing from y'all one way or another, but if I don't, you'll be hearing from me. <laughs> Yours truly, Captain Freebeard, friend of humanity, brother, freedom lovers, a.k.a. Adam Kokesh, February 1st, 1982, former Sergeant of Marines. well you got them on the ropes captain (laughs) way to go that was fantastic um i you know i can't imagine they're gonna say yes to it (laughs) like the the more points it went through the the less likely it seems that they're gonna uh wouldn't it be great if they did like if he sends a letter and they're just like oh yeah okay sure like wouldn't that be great but uh it's gonna be interesting to see what you know direction they decide to go with uh on this and uh, i presume that you do intend to honor your promise to to come after them all i have to do is make a couple phone calls okay <laughs> i will rain down with activism upon thee <laughs> yeah i mean i got i these are i kind of juicy civil rights and and personal damage cases that I have mm-hmm. on my hands, and here. it's a small and county, so they exactly. don't have the kind of resources that Denver exactly. or some major area right. would. Yep, I I I'm more likely to get them to once again, as I did with my case on all of these counts, do the right thing mm-hmm. than just follow procedure. And and if it was Denver County, yeah, maybe just file a couple lawsuits and negotiate down and get a few ten thousand dollars and right. use it for good, you know, uh, Robin Hood with it and and be done with it. Right. But here, I don't. It's it, if if this if I sue them and even if I even if I lose, I become a major pain in the butt and a and and a detriment to the well being of the people in that county. But if if the government decides to do the right thing. Then, you know, I will be the one shining a light, holding up the mirror as Johnny Hurley did to the police so famously and saying, no, look, you're freaking wrong. And and I will shine the light. I will bring the spotlight. I will hold the mirror. And one way or another, you will be held to account for your actions, even if it means I got to sit in solitary confinement and keep everybody in your jail awake every freaking night until you figure it out. I want to go to John in Delaware. He's got a question for you, Adam. John, you're on with Adam Kokesh. Go ahead. Yeah, Adam. I mean, if you could put a value on one single day of your life where you wake up and you get to choose what you want to do with your day, your own free will, what price would you put on that day? Would you say it's priceless? Freedom is priceless. Absolutely. So take that and times that by a dozen. There's not enough money in the world. That, that could ever reimburse somebody for 12 days of their life being taken away for some mushrooms that grow right out of Mother Earth. These people are ridiculous, man. I've been dealing with this kind of crap my whole entire life since I was 14 years old. I've been incarcerated so many times I lost count for violations mm-hmm. of probation for smoking mm-hmm. marijuana. I've done time here, there, and everywhere, and, and something needs to be done. If there isn't a victim, bro, there isn't a crime. Thank you, John, for the Amen. call tonight. Go ahead, Adam. Any comments on that? Amen. Yeah, and Ian, this is one of the things that makes me so honored for the opportunity to speak to you specifically tonight is that, you know, G.I. Mary Jane here is like, oh, my God, you figured out the formula and the drug war. This is it. All you have to do is, like, not comply. Don't play their game. Just make them take care of you. And 
it's true, and I, and I pointed this out in the letter to the judge that you aired my recording of last week that said, you know, if everybody did this, the drug war would be over tomorrow. Yep. It would be untenable. They, they need your compliance, so why give it to them? Yeah, and it would have been a really untenable case for them because, as you pointed out in your letter, this is a religious uh, exemption to whatever the law says. So regardless of the the uh, yeah. immorality of their laws, there have actually been some interesting cases, and, and one of them was here in New Hampshire where your church— uh, which is the Oklavoya Church. It's spelled O-K-L-E-V-U-E-H-A. It's a Native American church. There was a man here in uh, New Hampshire who was arrested for, for mushrooms. He appealed the case to the Supreme Court, and there was a unanimous decision by the Supreme Court of New Hampshire saying, overturn this case. This man uh, was using, this was his religious freedom to use this. And yeah. I, I mean, it was an amazing decision. That just happened a year ago here in New Hampshire. So it's not the only uh, case the uh, Oklavoya Church has has been dealing with nationwide for decades, right. right? Right. And one of the things that I've taken this as a sign for now is that it is part of my calling as an activist to declare proudly and openly that we are growing mushrooms here in Gardenia. Me personally and volunteers with me in order to, in the context of our nonprofit, as the facilitator, distribute them to veterans. And just, Yeah. Come at me, bro. Uh, you will not get this one past a jury in 2021. There are too many compassionate, right. enlightened Americans. And I think that's part of that went through. into their decision making here on yes. this. They must have known this would have been a pointless thing for them to bring. You, they knew you were going to go to a jury trial and they knew it wasn't going to pass muster. Uh, do you want to stay and talk yeah. about the church a little bit or do you have to run? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. More with, uh, Absolutely. with Adam I mean, Kokesh because this is also a really interesting aspect of this case. And we'll continue with what is the Oklavoya Church? What do they believe? It's Free Talk Live. So the protection of life, liberty, and property is, is what the Free State Project is all about. But it's an, it's an effort to move 20,000 people who understand. It's about demonstrating to the entire country. That, yeah, we can have a free market, a truly free market. Making it just a freer, great place to live. It's the world's largest voluntarist libertarian community, and it's, it's only getting bigger. That's amazing, to be able to move to a place where other people like passionately believe in being free and independent. What the Free State Project is managing to do, though, is to put their money where their mouth is. Physically getting up across the country and saying, let's go someplace and let's demonstrate the power of these ideas. There's a lot of kind of philosophy that surrounds liberty. There's a lot of thinking about it and talking about it. But here in New Hampshire, people are doing it. 101 Reasons Liberty Lives in New Hampshire, a documentary by Free State Project Early Movers. Watch it free at 101reasonsfilm.com. 101reasonsfilm.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want here. We're going to get to open phones here in a little bit. Uh, we've been doing an extended deep dive interview here with Adam Kokesh. It's rare that we have guests on this show, and it's even more rare that we spend more than an hour with uh, with a guest. So uh, he's he's an exceptional guest and in a lot of ways, we've had him on a number of times. What probably, probably maybe the most 
common guest of Free Talk Live, meaning that uh, he's been on more often than than any other guest of ours. And again, we don't have a lot of them. So. You know, his activism, though, kind of you know, it precedes him. It's 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 outstanding. It is noteworthy. It is dis, you know worthy of discussion. And uh, he's joining us from his home in Arizona after spending 12 days in Sawatch County Jail in Sawatch County, Colorado, for possession of psilocybin with intent to distribute, which they subsequently dismissed and let him out of jail. He still hasn't gotten his written apology, among other things. He's going to be sending a, a uh, an interesting offer, a letter to them with a, a few demands. 13. And so, it'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that uh, that pans out. But I wanted to get into the religious aspect of this case because I think that was probably one of the cruxes of why they ended up dropping these charges the oklavoya church and their website is nativeamericanchurches.org i think it's a related website to them uh that's got a lot of information about that particular church they've been around for some number of decades they've had uh, a bunch of cases go through various different courts all Mm -hmm. around the country how did you find out about them uh adam kokesh and you know what uh Why'd you join? Tell, give us your history with the church. I have been a member for about five years from when I came out here to Arizona, which was uh, preceding even decriminalization of cannabis. Mm-hmm. And I wanted that extra level of legal protection. And they had a deal for veterans. I think it was $200 for non-vets and $20 for vets. So uh, $20, I got a card in the mail. I looked at their website. And the uh, religious precepts that, you know, you, you swear a, a statement of, um, a, you know, authentic subscription to, I forget the exact wording. There's a legal term, you know, yeah. um, the, it, it's all a very beautiful, you know, naturalist, you know, humanist philosophy that, uh, that, that I really do believe in. I have no problem, um, you know, su- swearing with integrity that that I believe in in the precepts of the Native American the Oklahoma Native American Church as laid out on their website and I'm happy to pay them for you know taking care of the administrative side of things of having filed the paperwork and uh you know asserted it specifically and I had a case in Texas where I had four felonies and a misdemeanor and I filed a motion to dismiss that was completely focused on the religious defense. And it also said that I was a self-proclaimed Wiccan. And I've, I've made this public. It's, it's a story I told in a speech um, at the First Church of Cannabis in Missouri, actually. And uh, soon after I got out uh, on that one, where I, where I also did 10 days of kind of noncompliance. But basically, I, I folded when they reduced the bond to zero. Mm-hmm. Um, and I probably shouldn't have now I think about it. You know, I might have been able to see it all the way through. And, you know, this time I really did. So the, you know, precepts of the church, though, should not be required for anybody to be able to use this defense and this general strategy of noncompliance plus scrutiny. No, I tend to agree. I mean, you shouldn't have to join someone else's church, but it is nice having an established organization that has been around since, I don't know, when they were founded. I think it's been some number of decades. Uh, so that yeah. doesn't it doesn't hurt 
to have them on your side. Right. And, you know, they do come with some uh, some rules that you have to follow. I believe the uh, Oklavoya does require that you not just be handing out psilocybin to children. Uh, you, you, you have to agree to do it in your own private property uh, to take the that sort of thing, right? Like there's a few different pr- um, ag- agreements that you go along and, with. And I think also, unfortunately, one of the limitations, um, although this if this is the next line in the, in the battle in the war on drugs that we got to draw – uh, it also only applies to naturally occurring substances, right? Mm-hmm. So okay, uh, but but that that gives gives you a certain point of inarguability uh, that yes. separates you from from you know meth and heroin and right. and maybe some of the more dangerous synthetic drugs. However, I'm a big proponent uh, not just of psilocybin and ayahuasca and DMT and uh, you know a host of other uh, naturally occurring alternative therapies, but to non-naturally occurring ones, MDMA uh, as a therapy drug has, has shown incredible promise for PTSD and ketamine for depression. So I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to making those available, whether it's legal or not here as well. Yeah, no, I agree with you, what you're saying there, though. And and as far as the, the sort of the political trends of the time, uh, it definitely seems like as far as Denver and uh, now I think uh, Ann Arbor and uh, and, and some yeah. cities out in California, we are seeing a trend of places where in, in a lot of cases it's unanimous like city council decisions to say, OK, yeah, we're going to stop arresting people for not only possessing mushrooms, but also for any sort of plant or fungi, any kind of natural, uh, naturally occurring substance. We're no longer going to have our police focusing on on those things and I, yep. I believe it was uh ann arbor did it and then uh that was detroit detroit, detroit yeah. also uh, voted for this so there is a bit of a trend in this sort of decriminalized nature way there's an organization now called decriminalized nature that is uh, is advocating mm-hmm. that the government just step out of the way leave people alone let people grow this stuff let them distribute it don't don't create licenses just let nature be yeah, and let people use yeah. it. And there are occasionally law enforcement people who listen to this particular radio show. If you are out there, you don't need to wait for your higher ups to tell you. Giant dick. Right. Yeah. You can actually go ahead and stop arresting people for victimless crimes right now. It's the one solution whenever law enforcement calls this show and asks, well, what should we do? Well, to improve the, uh, you know, image of the police. Well, the first thing you do is you get together with all your blue buddies and you stop arresting people for victimless crimes. Stop being a dick, and people won't hate you for being a dick. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Go we, figure. Had, we actually had this week, uh, we haven't haven't covered it yet on Free Talk Live, but one of the antagonists from Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree, a movie that uh, that actually has you at, at, at least at one yep. point towards the end uh, in it at VictimlessCrimeSpree.com, one of the antagonists, one of the police officers, came out this week publicly and made a statement against the mask mandates, uh, of which they just passed another one here in Keene recently, and he he spoke out and basically called the city council bad guys and said that people need to disobey. So the the very guy who was arresting people for victimless mm-hmm. crimes a decade ago is mm-hmm. now speaking out and advocating for uh, for mass civil disobedience. And it's like, well, yep. maybe we had an influence on him. I don't know. Yep. You know, at one point when I was locked up in, I really had an overwhelming moment of despair which for me took the form of i'm i'm gonna quit after this you know maybe i'll play this out maybe i'll just bond out 
And mm. I'm, I even wrote up letters in my head to people who have donated to my causes, you know, over the years and been like, you know what, it's time for me to pass the torch. I'm going to, you know, maybe make some babies and art and music and gardenia at my homestead and, you know, leave the activism to the next generation. But thanks for investing in me. And then, you know, I had that song, you know, my head is filled with music. And I thought of Billy Millen, just no, you just, it, it doesn't matter if you, if you heed a higher calling. You know, I, I, while I was in there, you, you said did religious aspects of this. It, it wasn't just that, but I, I feel like for the first time in my life, about to be 40 years old, I finally spoke to God. Mm. And for me, I don't believe in the personified God external from the universe. I believe that love is my religion, like Ziggy Marley, the other song going around in my head, that God itself is the vibration of love that makes the universe one that mm. unites us and you can tune into it and you can speak to it and you can gain wisdom from it and energy from it and strength from it. And it was some point in coming through that despair of wanting to give up that I just said, no, I, I have to hear this higher calling and I have to I have to listen to it and I have to obey it like an order because it is the voice of principle and reason and compassion. It's gorgeous. Beautiful stuff. Yeah, I, I, I had a similar kind of experience recently uh, when I was in jail for almost three, not quite three months, but uh, for more than two months in, uh, you know, federal custody basically and i was i definitely was getting some some very interesting messages in the books that i was reading as well that really kind of stuck out to me as like you need to pay attention to this there's more coming up here in moments this is free talk live it is free talk live and we're going to open up the phones at this point. Adam Kokesh is actually going to stick with us nice. and just basically co-host with us here for the rest of the show tonight. It is Ian and the captain in the studio. And by the way, kudos to uh, Jitsi. I'll give him credit uh, where credit's due. It's a great little open source video conferencing app that we're using to connect with Adam. That's why he sounds like he's not been sounding like he's free? on the phone. It's free. It's open source. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people use Zoom. That's run by a Chinese I corporation. Don't equate open source to free. I don't know why. Usually open source is free. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I'm aware of any clo- or open source stuff that isn't free. Some of it might have, like, fr- um, paid support. I've, like, for instance, Linux, I think, is, uh, right, right. is that. But anyway, if you, you know, if you've been using these centralized authority kind of zooms or microsoft's or get off that crap and get over to jitsi j-i-t-s-i they do really great uh open source free conference calling and it's just fantastic so that's what we're doing here tonight and we've been talking in detail about what happened with uh, adam getting arrested in sawatch county colorado if you missed the conversation if you're just tuning in right now on the radio grab this archive later tonight because we go into great detail about it in uh in the first couple hours of the show and what we've been covering right now is kind of the religious aspect of psilocybin and other psychedelic or entheogenic uh drugs out there and not just all the natural substances obviously there's lsd which is more of a manufactured thing mdma of course uh more of an an empathogen as they call it because it's more of an empathetic uh sensation that that comes with that 
a lot of these things can be beneficial in a lot of different ways. That's something that you're helping roll out with uh, Homefront Battle Buddies, Adam. And that's the, the last time we had you on the show. We talked in detail about what that's all about. Uh, it's bringing veterans to essentially a retreat that you're creating there in uh, at your compound in uh, in Arizona and yep. uh, giving people an opportunity to address at a very deep level with some of these substances some of the deep seated issues that they've you know have created inside themselves after after being you know forced into horrifying situations by the US government right yes absolutely and and i would hope that eventually we could create a sister organization to serve law enforcement officers as well mm. Yeah, that's in, that's an interesting idea. So we were talking about um, your experience in jail. You'd mentioned this was your first time ever after being in, you know, these, as you say, government-induced uh, spiritual retreats. We, we always call it the spiritual <laughs> retreat here in, in Keene, but you yeah. added the government-induced, which I, th- I think is pretty entertaining. Uh, but the first time you spoke with God, was it during a meditation session inside your cell? What was the circumstance around that, if you want to talk about it? Yeah. Uh, it was it was coming out of that moment of despair, recognizing that that was wrong, mm-hmm. that it just felt like defeat, and I'm not ready to give up, and I don't ever plan to give up. And one of the epiphanies that I had on more of a political level is one that I, I really think was more of a personal existential crisis about my activism and and my career and turning 40 years old. Um, But I have been asking like with COVID, how much of this is a depopulation strategy? How much of that is overblown? How, you know, like it's not, is it bad and evil, but like, what is the context of it? And the major epiphany that came to me on that in jail is that, Everything we see right now, and this was in that letter that I wrote to the judge on Wednesday, because it was also a letter addressed to the public, that the time of crisis that we are in right now reflects the desperation of the elites or the ruling class or the several hundred or or several thousand most powerful people in the world. Sure. Well, it's not a conspiracy. There are those people. So to what extent they are pulling the strings and and to what ends is certainly open to debate, but not that they exist, not that they're responsible for what we're experiencing with COVID policy, what we're experiencing with fighting against Bitcoin and crypto adoption Mm -hmm. or trying to control it. The uh, oppressive COVID policies overall, again, I say it very carefully worded that way, regardless of what you think the virus is or the threat or what's behind the vaccines, the oppressive COVID policies, you cannot argue with that with any credibility, uh, especially knowing the last point here that what we're experiencing includes an obscene, historically unprecedented consolidation of wealth, at least on paper. And it's Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates and a dozen other people you've never heard of at their level and another 100 people maybe at at, at the next tier below them. But these are the people who really pull the strings in society. And they are getting much, 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 much richer. What we are seeing in what I lay out there, those are not just the routine actions 
of a system that is set up and designed to make the rich richer at the expense of the rest of us. It is a, a set of acts of desperation of people who know that their time is coming to an end. Yeah, well, that's because- definitely true when it comes to the government gang, their banker buddies, and these industry goons. Although I got to give Elon Musk some credit. Because he recently, and it wasn't the first time he said this, but recently he got some more press over it, saying, uh, just came right out in an interview and said the government is the largest corporation and it has a monopoly on violence. In fact, he even did, and I haven't watched all of the interview yet, uh, but he did like an hour and a half long interview with the guys from the Babylon Bee recently. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen any of that content either. But uh, Adam, what you're saying is not only true, but uh, it is going to get worse, in my opinion. Uh, why do I say that? Well, because as these people figure out that, you know, for the first time there's decentralized infrastructure, you know, the blockchain, Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, stuff like that, that doesn't, that can't be taken down by a state, right? Uh, as soon as that grows to a significant enough point, they are going to start flailing, right? Like a, like a child who hasn't gotten their way. No, right? So the things that the state does is going to become worse, in my opinion, as time goes on, as they flail and continue to flail at even greater and I think greater dinosaur amounts. dinosaur in the tar pits is a little more accurate, right? Because a child's not going to do as much damage as a dinosaur is going. If you get sure. near that thing. Sure. I, I think all those metaphors are apt descriptors, but it's important to point out the perspective that they are deliberately distracting from the fact that they are becoming less and less relevant. That even while perhaps the proportion of wealth distribution gets more distorted, the quality of life for the average working American blows away that of any human beings that have ever existed on the face of this earth in terms of quality of life. And yeah, we're in a step backwards in a lot of ways. I'm not going to argue with the immediate circumstances, but the bigger historical trend is absolutely clear. And they are becoming just less and less relevant. We are on the verge of an age of enlightenment, Mm. largely driven by access to the internet. And an enlightened people cannot be oppressed. Yeah, you can't undo enlightenment. It's like, once you're there... Why, oh why, didn't I take the blue pill? Go back. (laughs) Uh, Stand by here in most appropriate, right? A very appropriate uh, comment there as uh, the Matrix has come out with its fourth episode. Uh, We uh, did talk a little bit about that last night at the very end segment of the show. And we're going to continue here more with uh, Adam Kokesh. Your calls, open phones at this moment. Now, if you want to join us about anything. It's Free Talk Live. Phones open if you want to join us here in the studio with you. It's Ian. And the captain. Also on the line with us, Adam Kokesh is with us. We're going to continue with your calls. And at this point, you don't have to have a question for Adam Kokesh. The the interview portion of the show is over. He's just sticking with us as a remote co-host here. He's just going to help us do a radio show, show us how it's done. (laughs) Well, he does have a bit of experience at this. He used to do not only... He had a TV show, man. That's when I first uh, discovered Adam. Oh, the RT? I can show you all the ways to get canceled and censored. (laughs) (laughs) You used to be on RT like a decade ago, right? Uh... yeah a little more than a decade yeah wow about a decade ago yeah yeah Yeah, because i because there's i think there's a clip from it in victimless crime spree and bonnie and i were just watching that a couple few weeks ago and and i think Mm. you were on rt at that time so that would have been like 2011 yeah well there was some other documentary too that 
that Adam popped up in. I actually I, I took a picture of my living room television with a picture of Adam on it, and wow. I, I pinged him. I'm like, dude, you're that's, in this movie. That was the Ross Ulbricht movie. Oh, that's right. It was. Oh. That's right. They, they, because when, and, you know, God bless St. Ross Ulbricht and, yeah. and his mother, indeed, uh, Lynn Ulbricht, the patron saint of activist mothers who's done an incredible job championing his cause while he's been locked up uh but yeah i I was ordering dmt on the silk road and it was an amazing (laughs) thing to be able to and and honestly i have maintained for legal purposes a certain separation from that whole scene but now i'm ready to just say screw it well and i was Um, i wanted to say too adam you know while you're here and i we really rarely get to talk unless something's going on right you know somebody's getting arrested or whatever but what you're doing with uh, this aid for PTSD for you know fellow soldiers and home front and, uh, battle the buddies. home front battle buddies. This thing that you're doing, I think, is kick ass. No pun intended, uh, mm. because what you're doing is you're taking the evidence that exists already that these things, you know, in the proper dosage and the proper setting, you know, help folks overcome so many different things. You're just taking that, moving that forward without waiting for you know the bureaucracy, if you will, to give their approved version of this. Yeah. I love that. I want to continue here. Well, let's go to the phones. We've got uh, Sarah, who is a very regular caller here on Free Talk Live, uh, the communist from New Mexico, calling from Albuquerque. Go ahead, Sarah. Yes. I just want to mention that, you know, I, I found out that, you know, Afghanistan used to be American ally in the 1980s. As long as they were fighting the Russians, the Russians were there trying to take over and I guess turn them into communists. And then the U.S. government was funding them with um, our tax dollars, buying them weapons to fight off um, the Russians. Yeah, I believe and, back in the day they were referred to as the Afghan freedom fighters. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, by oh, all, yeah. all of the news outlets, yep. One memory man serves. Terrorist. Right. Oh yeah. So, so, so all of a sudden now, since they wanted the U.S. out, they thought the U.S. was going to be settled in there. Now they wanted them out, and all of a sudden, Osama bin Laden has become the big enemy. And uh, now they spent American lives trying to take over Afghanistan and turn him and put McDonald's and turn him into a, a part of America. And now we got kicked out also. Yes, the, so, uh, the the folks of Afghanistan, despite how poor they happen to be, are pretty darn good at digging in and defending themselves over a long period. Now, Adam, you may have some uh, some personal comments about this particular conflict. War is when government tells you who the enemy is, and revolution is when you figure it out for yourself, right? <laughs> Did yeah, you spend any I, I time was... there, or were you just in Iraq? No, just Iraq 2004, but there's an obviously similar dynamic mm-hmm. to the nature of those occupations as rackets because that they were not wars in a traditional force-on-force military conflict over a specific point since. They were invasions and occupations, which in some ways are much more brutal and, and destructive and oppressive that it's not just we're going we're gonna to fight over something and then we're going to decide it's done and go back to living happy, productive lives. It's like we're the bully who's going to beat you up and then hold you down and keep beating you up. Right. And wait for you every day a, on the way to the lunchroom or whatever. Yeah. 
And there's a certain nature that uh, connecting to my case here of, you know, the enlightenment. I look at the progress of humanity as one of becoming less violent over time. And if you look at the scope of the brutality of the global war on terror, it's still a step down from everything of the Vietnam era, which is a step down from everything of the World War II era to World War One. And you go back in history, the proportion of violent deaths just goes up and up and up. So I celebrate, even though it, it's a very awkward and tragic and in many ways fake ending, but that the maintenance of the occupation of the occupation of Afghanistan is just politically untenable in the United States. It's a very exciting turning point. There are a lot of turning points like that. We are on the verge of all we have to do is stand up and say, nah, we're putting our foot down. We're not going to cooperate with this anymore. Freaking knock it off. And governments will, will because they have to. Thank you, Sarah, for the call tonight. Let's go to David also calling from New Mexico and Albuquerque area. Go ahead, David. Hey, Adam. Um, So one of the tactics that how's it going? Go ahead with your point, David. One of the uh, tactics that you use, I wanted to point out, and but first of all, since it is Christmas, so let me just interject that uh, I wonder what uh, our government officials, what gifts that they have given with the high taxpayer salaries that a lot of them have, I wonder what gifts they've given to society this Christmas season. And uh, I know one gift they gave to me, they uh, trafficked my children illegally. I I proved that with a unanimous decision at the New Mexico Court of Appeals 14 years ago that uh, they were illegally trafficked by M. Monica Zamora and John J. Romero Jr., both judges, and yet I never saw them again anyway. So the point, what Adam did that I wanted to point out is that I just did it also. I named names, and and your caller, Jet, brings this up. They're not those people, you know, the sheriff of some county, uh, it's, uh, uh, you know, John Smith, the sheriff of an yes. officer. So-and-so a- Adam did that a bunch of times. You got to yes. name names and hold these people accountable by name and let them know that we will not forget who the hell you are, John J. Romero Jr. and M. Monica Zamora. Otherwise, and that is a disincentive Amen. for them Amen. to continue to do it, and it's a disincentive for those kids that are graduating from high school right now that might entertain a job in law enforcement or judicial practices. Thank you, here, David, here. for the call tonight. Yes, yes, thank you. And, David, I'm so sorry for the experience that you and your children, your family have suffered at the hands of the state, and they're all too many. So and common. Happens so honored. often. Yeah, I'm honored to have some role in inspiring you to have a similar stand on principle. In your case there, I wish there were some easy way to translate what I just did into standing up for your kids, but family courts are a whole other destructive runaway mm. racket yeah, in America. A, a universe and, into it itself. Yeah, and I, I really do look forward to taking that on in, in the progress of America towards a voluntary society for humanity. It, it has to end. I mean, next to the drug war and you know military wars, the crimes that government commits under color of law in the name of family courts are probably the next most destructive and, and in ways so profoundly felt. Um, I don't have kids, but uh, I used to be one, and uh, I was a, a child of divorce. Mm. And my parents got divorced when I was 10, and my brother was 8, 
and they both weaponized the state against each other. Oh, and it sucks. was a horrific experience for everybody. Yeah, no one should have to go through that, especially as a kid, to uh, to be passed around as you know this booty as part of this yeah. you know constant fighting between uh, these sides of the state. Well, and it's one of the reasons that I'm against state-sponsored marriage. I'm not against marriage. Right? I don't care who you want to marry. You want to have a ceremony, you know, vow your life to another person. You go right ahead. Write down your agreements and stick to your agreements. But do not involve the state in anything like that. Amen. That's a horrible yeah. idea. we got more coming up here, and your calls and thoughts are welcome. If you jump on the lines right now, we got Adam Kokesh with us, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live's live Saturday show. Is free talk live you can join us in the remaining moments on this live christmas day episode also another live saturday show because we do this thing live all seven nights a week if you don't get in tonight the captain will be back on sunday night i will for the live sunday edition of free talk live hey can i give away my present to our listeners Ooh, yeah let's talk about that a little bit here and by the way adam kokash is here too all right yeah uh, adam i got a present for you too i mean you're a listener, but also an activist. Uh, so sometime, I, I guess about a year ago, Ian challenged me because, you know, I do parody music like Weird Al style, except, you know, funnier. <laughs> At lordkickass.com. Yeah. So he challenged me to write some some COVID carols, right? So take some Christmas songs and rewrite them in the key of COVID and all the, as you say, the uh, response, the p- policy response to COVID and so I did that, and then mm-hmm. I went ahead and recorded three of them, of which I only published one of them, and that was uh, to the tune of the Little Drummer Boy. It's called The Lockdowns Are Dumb, uh, <laughs> and I put that one up. And Lockdowns the- are dumb. Dumb, yeah. So And then so I, I did a little tweaking to the other two over the last year or so. I got them to a point where I, I like the mix now, and I like the, the way they came out. And so I've gone ahead and put up a, a three-song EP, it's just called COVID Carols. You can find it at Lord, <laughs> lordkickass.com. I've gone with the with the pay what you want model. Hmm. So what that, what that means is if you go there and you listen to them and you like them and you want to download them, you can give between zero and whatever you like dollars, whatever you feel it's worth. Uh, so that means, yes, you can download them for free. They are available to you. I've also been giving out uh, permission for folks to use them however they want. Uh, even though the website that they're on, the page that you land on, claims that they are under copyright. I am the copyright holder, and so you can refer to this recording as me giving you permission to use those parody songs in any work that you would like Very to use awesome. them for. And those are available at lordkickass.com? Correct. And what is there a title for the EP? Just COVID Carols? COVID Carols is the title of the EP. Okay. The three songs are uh, The Lockdowns Are Dumb, Do You Fear What I Fear?, and have yourself a sterile little Christmas. Woo! <laughs> Which I love, by the way. And and, it, and this goes all the way back to the movie that we referenced earlier, Victimless Crime Spree, that uh, Adam Kokesh makes an appearance in toward the end at VictimlessCrimeSpree.com because it was back then we were doing what was called the Shire Choir here in New Hampshire. And we would go to liquor stores and sing these drug war carols. Uh, that uh, that were just essentially the same concept of parody songs of classic Christmas carols that were anti-war on drugs. And the idea was that the uh, the state here in New Hampshire sells liquor. 
it has a monopoly yes. on liquor sales. And so the point was, well, the state sells liquor, but it also prohibits cannabis. And so it's prohibiting its biggest competitor, uh, essentially. And so this is, you know, clearly unfair and you know wrong mm-hmm. so we're going to go to the liquor stores and sing these uh, these shire choir songs and it was just so much fun and i you know when this crazy covid stuff was happening we needed mm-hmm. something we needed to, to bring back the shire choir because that the whole idea of singing in protest yes. to me is just so much more fun and it's so much more harmonious than doing chants I, I can't stand chanting i find it to be just completely monotonous and mindless whenever yeah. i hear it and i don't want to participate in it but that's what people always do when they're at a protest they always chant it's like get let's get some songs going here and get people yeah. singing and the coup de grace or the cherry on top of all of that was we because the lockdowns were still going on at around new year's we had a New Year's Eve party, which is really normal during normal times, but not during lockdown time. So right. almost we, no one was having New Year's Eve parties. We threw time. a New Year's Eve party complete with karaoke. And so not only was <laughs> in and I were on stage, you know, singing these carols, but we had all the people at the party also, you know, Ian passed out, you know, made some sheets that I think Johnson had a hand in printing out and doing yeah. the design for. And so we had the whole New Year's Eve party singing these COVID carols, which was just a nice cherry on top. It was indeed. So let's go to the phones here. We got Richard, another caller from New Mexico, which, by the way, aren't you from New Mexico, Adam? I I lived there. I finished high school my last two years in New Mexico, uh, lived there for a few years, and I ran for Congress as a Ron Paul-endorsed Republican. That's what it was. That's what I remember. In 2010. So, yeah. And I, I had a radio show in Albuquerque. Yeah, that's right, on Kiva, right? AM 1550 KIVA, more positive track radio Albuquerque. We are on Kiva to this day, actually. So you're being heard there uh, this this weekend. Welcome back. Uh, Let's go to Richard, in uh, also in Albuquerque. Go ahead, Richard. You're on with Adam Kokesh. Yes. Back off that microphone, Richard. Back off that microphone, please. Gotcha. Several days ago on the nightly news here in Albuquerque, they said that there's one out of seven people in New Mexico that go hungry. And mm. New Mexico and Albuquerque especially, they have different drives for kids that need the toys for Christmas. They need school supplies. They need clothes supplies. All kinds of different handouts. And I'm wondering if this is a problem all over the United States and if people can't afford to have kids, why in the heck do they have kids if they can't support kids and they want everybody else to give them handouts to support them, school, free school lunches and everything? Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great question, Richard. Why do people have kids when they can't afford them? Well, no, Richard, if, if I may, I'm I'm really grateful that you bring this point to the conversation to humanize things and remind us why we're doing this, because to submit to this system, as most people do, to obey is to accept that they are going to maintain a poor, suffering sort of underclass of American citizens who are perpetually struggling 
economically, financially, and providing basic quality of life for themselves and their children because of the nature of the system for all of the specific things that we complain about in the drug war and the war and the evil. You have to remember the point is always the rich get richer at the expense of everybody else. And that means that a certain number of people just are poorly managed by the system as tax cattle and end up being those sacrificial victims of an economic system that that creates scarcity where there needn't be any. We are so beyond that in our technological capacity, our economic capacity to provide for everyone on this earth. It is unconscionable and entirely unnecessary that we allow a system that creates that kind of suffering to continue for another day. And and to me, one thing is, it's one thing for people to go hungry and, you know, food to have sort of a distribution problem. There's enough food on planet Earth to feed oh, everybody. Yeah. So we know that yeah. we just need to figure out how to get it to everybody. But yeah. that, that's one problem. But the other problem. More homes than homeless people. More empty homes than homeless people in America. Right. The, the, and the biggest problem that I have is when you see the system uh, shutting down people who are trying to help other human beings. This is we see it all the time. You know, yes. some volunteer organization sets up a thing in the park to feed the homeless and they get shut down for, you know, an illegal restaurant or something along. Here's the food, not bombs. Right. And so that's what makes the system disturbing. It's one thing to say the system is broke or the system doesn't do that very well. It's another thing for the system to totally contradict helping other human beings. And this is where you start to see me having a problem with the system is when they they, you say they kind of do one thing, but then do a whole other thing. That's when you know it's a sham. Well, they need that economically downtrodden class because then they can say, oh, well, we're going to help you. Here, just apply for this welfare over here and we'll take care of you. And then, of course, you get people hooked on the system. Yep. They become dependent on the system. And we saw that in, in, clearly in just the last two years where people decided they were going to stop working and go on this unemployment and, and basically never come off that that unemployment. Even though New Hampshire has one of the lowest unemployment rates, that number apparently doesn't count people who aren't looking for work. No, even nationally, like those numbers are have been skewed for a long time. Yeah. To not include like people who have just stopped looking after a year or something like and that. And there's literally jobs everywhere i mean you can go downtown keen new hampshire throw us you know throw a stone and you're going to hit a dozen businesses with with hiring signs up so i mean there's opportunities everywhere but the state has gotten so many people hooked on its give outs its handouts that uh, they're just not going for it and that's that's incredibly destructive and addictive so, for those people gentlemen since we only have a couple minutes left not even i may 30 seconds back to how and why to be a freaking pirate are What they steal from us more than any of these material things or opportunities you point out is the core of our humanity, Mm -hmm. of our freedom, of our individual will, of our autonomy, of our, our ability to create peaceful relationships with our fellow human beings. They have stolen that from us and they are on the run. They are on their heels. It is time to push harder than ever take it back once and for all beautiful ending to this program well said, check him out adam versus the man what's the best website for you right now is it homefrontbattlebuddies.org uh, t.me slash adam versus the man love and telegram thanks adam for being here with us for the entire live christmas day episode we're back tomorrow join us then freetalklive.com